Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Courtney. And Courtney, how are you? I am, well, as you can all tell, my microphone is back this week. I plugged it in, so I sound better than I do tomorrow when you listen to that episode. Um, (laughs) It's fine. I haven't haven't edited yet. Right. No, it's totally okay. Um, You'll probably listen to it tomorrow. Um, Yeah. Otherwise, I'm okay. It's been a weird week. I got back from Tulsa Monday, like we talked about on Wednesday. It's been three days. Um, And basically, I've just worked. Um, But... I can't believe I didn't talk about a Wednesday, but I apparently did not. Uh, I went and saw Oliver for the first time on Tuesday. I love that. I So Oliver is one of the shows that we um, are the publisher for. And so oh, I knew all the music. Yeah. to it seven million times. And I love it. I like, I'm such a dork. Oliver and Company was my favorite movie as a child. Oh. <laughs> and so like, which I is so funny because Oliver Com- and Company has a connection to this episode of uh sorry very true so it's uh, like oh, serendipitous that you forgot yes you forgot to mention it absolutely um not my lack of brain or mental power very much planned this um <laughs> but yeah and so like i i haven't seen the film i hadn't seen the mm. uh play <laughs> so i was like i don't know what to expect but it was, oh, it was so good i saw it at the new york city center and I was actually really bummed. I was going to ask where you saw it because I was like, I definitely don't think it's on Broadway, right? No, no, no. It's in New York. They're doing it at the Encores for New York City Center. Beautiful. Um, and I was really bummed because when I it got announced in the season, um, in the season setup announcement. for yeah announcement. Thank you for <laughs> when the, it got announced for, in the announcement. <laughs> when it got announced in the announcement for the first of the year at the Long Island Theater I go to sometimes. Yeah, And then last minute they removed it. And I was like, what happened? I was like, did they not get the grand rights? Because it was going to be in New York. I just didn't know at the time that that's why. But it makes sense now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I saw that. And then last night, because also in the announcements of the world, um, after Tony Noms came out, Danson announced that it was closing in two weeks. And I was like, oh, I have five days to watch this. In the two weeks you've just announced it's closing in. So I got last minute tickets and saw it last night. It's also very good. It was too long in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, Fosse's got a long life. So like, he did a lot of right. things. So I get it. Yeah. And the cast was incredible. The music was incredible. The dancing obviously was incredible. Right. Um, but yeah, so I've been home for four days, five days, and I've seen two shows this week. And that's, and then I worked outside of that. So right. that's, that's that. That's what I've done. How are you? I am having a week, as as uh, as everyone really. I don't. Hopefully, by the time you listen to this podcast, everything that I'm stressed about will have been resolved, and I won't still be Same. living in stress. But Same. we'll see. Yeah. Um, but what I would like to share is um, something that um, happened before the last time we recorded, but I um, apparently forgot to mention it again because we mm-hmm. prepare really, really well for this show. Um, we're very on top of things on sunday was my kiddos public speaking competition and i feel like i've talked about that on the podcast about like the fact that i was getting to work with little kindergartners and stuff and um they did not win 
Bless their hearts. But um, part of it is because um, both of my littles went so far beyond the time limit they were supposed to be talking which was fine because like my little dinosaur boy um he started off really well and then he got nervous and so he took the paper that had his speech on it and then did his speech like this <laughs> which would be great except that he can't read because he's five for those of you not watching she just put her notebook to her face <laughs> like in her face so like he literally had his microphone and then his notebook or like his paper and he was talking like this but he can't read so he just kept trying to read and only being and being like and if i dinosaurs because he could read that word because he knew what it was sure that was the important word yeah so that was adorable and his mom was so like grateful and excited and everybody who was like judging was like that was the cutest one for sure didn't win mm. but like the cutest one and then my little my little nora um she panicked freaked out which i was totally afraid she was gonna do she froze and wouldn't mm -hmm. say anything um but then we took her outside and her mom and i just like talked to her for a little bit and helped her and prepped her and then she went back and at the end she got up and did it again and actually got through it all oh good for so, her. like honestly i didn't even care that she won i was just so fucking proud of her for like actually doing it but the other thing was, the competition was supposed to be Pecha Kucha style, which I don't know if anyone has ever heard that word outside of education. No, no. <laughs> but what a Pecha Kucha is, is it's a Japanese style of presentation. And basically, you have a PowerPoint running on automatic timers behind you that has only pictures, no words whatsoever and all of the words of the presentation are what you are saying and they're not supposed to be like i am presenting exactly what is here it's supposed to be like because it's like a japanese style it's like a picture that represents a, an emotion mm. that goes mm -hmm. with what you're saying and like so like okay. nora's presentation was about irish dancing and all 10 of the pictures were just pictures of her irish dancing and they didn't like fit exactly what she was talking about and like lucas's was about dinosaurs so all 10 were just like really cool pictures of dinosaurs um None of the kids who didn't go to my school did it correctly. Like all of them had note cards, which they weren't supposed to. So my kids were the only ones without note cards. Nora and Lucas ended up taking their papers up there with them, but my kids did not have note cards. My kids did not have words in their presentation. There was one girl who was a middle schooler who just straight up had the same PowerPoint on her phone that she had behind her and read word for word what was on it. Oh, geez. And so I was like panicking that I did, did my kids get, i didn't know not that, i knew i did it correctly oh. but i was like did i do my kids a disservice by not letting them have these advantages that the other kids had and the director of like the program came to me afterwards and told me that she was that i was absolutely correct and that if there was a prize for having done things correctly i would have gotten it 100 percent. and asked me if i would be willing to work with her on a committee next year to make sure public speaking is done correctly through all the schools Oh, I love that. That's my biggest nightmare. But that sounds uh, right. No, you're absolutely right. Because especially like being so young, these kids have to like, you know, when they become real people in the world, they have to follow rules. And if you do one thing wrong, like, yeah, like you and go to like high school and they're like, you can't write this down on here. And it's like, now you failed. Like, you know, and so yeah, it's and it's also like learn. the the coaches clearly weren't either didn't care or didn't understand the rules or didn't read the rules 
And so, and honestly, some of them could have been all three. Um, But so we need to just fix it so that the kids are actually getting something out of it. And because it's just stupid. But then she also, while I was talking to her, I was talking to her about job prospects and just career and future and everything. And she told me that if I do complete this um, certification for my ESL, um, like my TESOL degree, and I have any of my classes where I can't roll over my hours from Thailand as my practicum hours for those classes, she will help me get a gig tutoring at the Catholic school, the like the local Catholic school Mm -hmm. that has our that has our like refugee and ESL population. That's so great. Oh, so I love that. Yeah. No, that's that's very important. These you did good work with these kids. I literally would have cried. I would not have handled it well. As I mean, a child, I, not as you. You <laughs> <aren't> <laughs> your degree. I mean, I also cried because I was so worried for them. And then I got them all smile cookies from Tim Hortons, which are like the like oh. they only so smile cookies they only have for like a week out of the year and all of the proceeds for the cookies go to like local hospitals and stuff, but they're just like really cute big colorful sugar cookies and kids freak out about them so i got all three of them smile cookies and all of their parents were like i can't believe you got them cookies like i can't believe you're doing this for them like one of the moms was like you're not leaving right like these kids need teachers like you and i was like i don't i'm not doing anything that i don't like but it's so hard for me to hear that kind of feedback because i'm not doing anything that i don't think everyone should be doing I know, but like, you know that that's not how it works. I mean, I have that same approach in so many things, like all of the 75 jobs I have and like, I'm the same way. And I'm like, this is just how it is. And I actually had a similar conversation with my boss this week about very similar things. And it's like, I don't understand why you wouldn't do it this way. And she's like, but also you're the only one that does it that way, which is why we're here where we are right now. Right. And so like, it's, it is very unfortunately uncommon and um you're just you're killing it you're a great teacher and you're changing the world thanks you know what else can change the world just a little a a little bit a little bit of spiritual guidance well because i like to bring it down sometimes it's a little bit more of a solemn i think we both actually need that i think so it's very important a note to anyone who needs to hear it We don't get over or move on from our trauma. We are forced to make space for it. We carry it. We learn to live with it. And sometimes we thrive in spite of it. I love that. And I think that's very true. I think people, that reminds me of something that I wasn't going to share on the podcast, but I was about to say, I think I'm making myself cry. It's been such a hard week, but yes, I understand. No, um, because on Thursday, I was at work and one of my coworkers um, at the theater asked how I was doing. And I said, I was tired. And she was like, you are so young. And I work, I, she was like, I'm like twice your age and I work three jobs. I don't understand when young people say that they're tired all the time. You don't have to be working here. And I got so angry because anyone who can look a person in the face and tell them that without knowing anything about them that they don't deserve to be tired that is just the most infuriating thing because first of all no one who works outside of education has a fucking inkling of a clue of how much our body and soul and all of our 
energy goes into that. And also like, bitch, I have depression. I'm always tired. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, I, I also agree. I never understand that. People tell me that and I'm like, okay, talk to me in five weeks when I'm free again. Like, I don't right. for this right now. <laughs> no, and like, I'm not saying that my tired should be more or less than your tired. We're all no, going to be but, fucking tired. Yeah, everyone has their own tired emotions. And like, we're both very tired all the time. And it's for very different reasons. Like, I could never be a teacher. I work one-on-one with people. That's it. Which is why I'm doing my agency but like and i'm invested in that so i'll spend like 12 hours a day sometimes working on stuff like that whereas you're like working twice as many hours as you're quote unquote working (laughs) to actually get your work done and making a difference for these kids and it's just it's stressful and time times are rough and times are expensive and sometimes we have to do things that we wouldn't necessarily that we're not passionate about to make sure that our lives keep going (laughs) And that's and why we're tired. And, and sometimes the things that you do that you are passionate about, because truthfully, of like the three jobs that I work, I love all three of them. Yeah. I'm passionate about theater. I'm passionate about teaching. I'm passionate about this podcast. None of them are things that I wouldn't do if I could do them. But also, there's only 24 hours in a day, man. That is and I need to sleep like 10 true. of them. Yeah, I am. I haven't figured that part out yet, but maybe soon. Maybe soon. Maybe. Um, you know what else I haven't really figured out? Why? What happened this episode? <laughs> why? Why do we have this episode? Um, if you recall last week's teaser, I said that Courtney would love this episode. Um, I specifically said because of who was in it. Because let's be very clear: while the episode wasn't awful, it wasn't good, and it's only because of our guest star that it was even watchable. But so we yeah, are talking about my socks. We're talking about Stargate SG One, season three, episode sixteen, Ergo. Um, it is seven point nine stars, which is lower. <laughs> it's lower than the last three or four. All of them have been above eight. Yeah. Same for American Horror Story this week. Every week it is lined up. Is this the fourth week in a row? It's lined up. Yes, this is the fourth week. Fourth week in a row that I was. Um, I thought you were saying no, it's not because like it wasn't that good. Because I would have probably. I mean, I also li- thought it should have been lower. Yeah. But yeah, I probably would have given it like seven point five. Um, not seven point nine and six. So like I'm yeah. But um, it is the first one in a couple weeks that's been below eight. So at least that's fair. Um, uh, it came out on January twentieth. 2000 um same number one book and same number one movie the number one song just in case you forgot what time period we're living in um the number one song was i knew i loved you by savage garden bless their heart to be fair the only savage garden song i really truly know is truly madly deeply i was about to say that's the only one i truly know but um also, it's Savage Garden, so it's clearly the most 2000s thing that ever happened. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there were no real, was no real news that day, except for there was one newspaper article that I found that I thought was really important because I remembered that this was before we had news exactly at our fingertips all the time. Mm-hmm. So when things happened the day before, they were in the newspaper that day. 
Right. Right. So like something really, really, really big happened on January 27th, 2020. But that meant that it didn't make the newspapers till January 28th. Not 2020, 2000. What am I talking about? I was about to say. I was like, it's what are we in? Um, but on January 27th, 2000, a trade was made in Major League Football, the National Football League, that changed football forever. Because on this day in 2000, Bill Belichick was traded to the New England Patriots. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. The big one. <laughs> Yeah, the schedule was released this week, and I heard the Bills are coming near near me. They are. Um, the schedule was released this week, and the Bills schedule is garbage. All I of still our, haven't looked at it. I've been working since it came all out. All of our intense games are away. Um, Dan and I were like, if we have to play one more fucking game in Arrowhead Stadium, I'm going to lose my shit. Fuck the KC Chiefs. Like, fuck them all. Um, all of our home games are like weird games and we don't play any of the like teams that we normally play like we don't have a game against the ravens we don't have a well, game they, against the panthers they changed the uh way that yeah the, um they yeah dan was trying to explain that up they, dan was trying to explain that to me and i go it's stupid and i don't like it i don't want to play no, the freaking I'm tr- also mad about it because the saints used to play the jets and the giants and usually they'd play at least one game here every year and they'd alternate. And so this year was the one that they were coming here for the Jets. And I was like, I'm finally going to get to see the Saints in like New York area. No, they're not even playing in the area, but they're playing, they're playing in Boston. So I was like, I'll have to well, go to Boston, the, I guess. The or New England, open, I don't know where it's up. The season opener for the Bills is Monday Night Football at the Jets. Yeah. Which that will be great. We have a London I'm going to try to go to that one. We have a London game this year, which I'm like super pumped about. I got a schedule. It is but wild. The London game that we have this year counts as one of our home games, so we have one last home game. Like we got home game home team advantage for London. That's not even the right country. No, but I mean somebody has to be the home team for London. <laughs> London. London can be the home team for London. We're, we're playing Jacksonville. What? In London? Yeah, Jacksonville plays in London every year. Whoever owns is, the is stadium, that, are they whoever the owns ones? the stadium? Know. Yeah, whoever owns the stadium in London has some kind of deal with Jacksonville. I don't know. Jacksonville plays. Okay. I knew that you had one weird game every year that was like at nine a.m. or something because of what being out of the states. But I didn't realize it was Jacksonville every year. Yeah. Um. Well, there's I think there's two or three games in London every year, but Jacksonville's always one of them. And we have the Jacksonville, Jacksonville game. should be home team, right? But no, we have to play at Arrowhead. Who's going to Florida? Who wants to go to Florida to watch football? Not anyone. Florida. Just put them in London. Florida the whole, has three whole season. Florida has three football teams. Yeah, they've got plenty. <laughs> they can spare one. So yeah, um, yeah. Bill Belichick went to the Patriots in uh, January of two thousand. Weird. Yeah, that's a pretty big one. Pretty big one. Uh, this episode was directed by Peter DeLuise. Um, of course it was um it was written by tor alexander it was written by tor alexander valenza and it was edited by brad rhymes um our guest star our guest star is don deloise dom dom sorry i wrote dom i just read it wrong when i looked at my paper okay um dom deloise um he's known for the cannonball run blazing saddles secret of nim and all dogs go to heaven that or those are the top. Those are the so top. Fun fact, four. Secret of Nim gave me so many 
bad nightmares when I was a child and all dogs go to heaven was my comfort film when I was a child. I so love that. I love that. I think it's really odd that those are the four that like are listed as is known for. Spans. Yes. Um obviously um I made an allusion earlier to the fact that there was an Oliver and Company uh connection because he was Fagan and Oliver and Company. Um Dom DeLuise has been in everything that you ever wanted to see. He has done like every he is one of the voices from an American Tale, all of the American Tale movies. I don't know, like, if you don't, have you never seen the, an American Tale, watch it. I haven't seen you've, it. You've never seen Fievel? No. It's about this little mouse who immigrates to America from Russia. I thought it was history when I was a child, and I hated history. Now I understand that history doesn't suck. The teachers in my school sucked. Yeah. But, um, he was, um, he, this was even better because he was uh, directed by his son, which is genius. It's great. I do love that. Um, I love that. Um, if you don't know Dom Delby's, you should. So, or you could go back. What like a season six episodes ago, eight season episodes ago, when we talked about Peter Deloise and I. Yeah, if you find the first episode that Peter Deloise directed <laughs> when I went when we did our deep dive into him, and then it turned into Courtney doing on a deep dive about <laughs> Dom DeLuise. Um, you can just watch that and everything that we needed to say, we already said. Yeah. Um, so we start this episode with an uninhabited planet um, on a video screen. Like we're not on the planet. We're looking at the mouth yeah. footage of an uninhabited planet that Sam wants to go to um, survey for making a research colony because it looks like, like a fucking beach in Hawaii and the weather is like 78 degrees Fahrenheit and the atmosphere is perfect. And it just seems like 10 out of 10 where they would want to go. Um, and Jack is saying like a lot of really bad idioms for some reason. Like, I don't know what was happening with the writing of Jack's dialogue in this episode. It was questionable. Yeah. Cause like Jack always has quips, but there was like two minutes where he literally didn't say anything that wasn't an idiom. I kind of zoned out on his <laughs> is speaking for a minute because of that it was weird it was it was weird but so then um they decide to go through the gate and jack makes a whole speech saying goodbye in every single language that he can think of which again so weird um but then as they go through the gate they come back out the gate without ever having gone anywhere mm -hmm. um but Clearly, that's not true because everyone in the gate room is very freaked out and there are like multiple melps in the gate room and everybody's got their weapons drawn. And it turns out that they were actually uh, gone for 15 hours. Yeah, that's quite a long uh, memory lapse. Feels like they were abducted by aliens. That's where I thought we were going with this episode. I mean, it's they went through a stargate. They were abducted. By <laughs> well, I know, but like you hear all these stories about the greys abducting you, doing all these tests and you lose time. So yeah. that's what it felt like it wasn't quite that like cut and paste correct i was listening to a really old last podcast in the loft episode where they were talking about all the different kinds of uh alien abductions this week and it was very weird um the different anyway. kinds the, like five kinds or whatever yeah so so strange after the credits which happened right there um because we have a short opening scene again um 
They go to the infirmary and nothing appears to be wrong with the team except for the lost time. Like everything is fine. Their scans are fine. Their blood work's fine. So they're just like very confused. Um, but it turns out that when the team didn't come back, Hammond had sent a second melt that showed only the exact same picture. And they got, they both came back right before SG1. Um, Can you tell me what MALP stands for again? It's okay if you can't. I just was wondering. No, I should know this. You would think that I would remember it. I know it's an acronym. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That can't be correct. Mobile Analytic Laboratory Probe. That's where. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. The first thing Google said was um, mutually adaptive learning paradigms. And I was like, that's no interesting, but not what I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, not like not a similar description, but not the one. Yeah. Um, so Sam then goes through the MELP footage and explains that there is clearly a deep fake happening because the second MELP showing the exact same picture is like nonsensical because the first MELP should be in the picture. And if it isn't, then at least tracks or some sign of the MELP having moved should have been in the picture because fun fact, those are big ass machines and they don't just like float on sand. Um, But when you go through the video frame by frame, you discover that there was, she discovered that there was a single frame of some kind of like weird alien planet that like, was there before the picture got switched to whatever this deep fake picture is. Um, and so they have some kind of advanced technology that is manufacturing that image. Um, but it looks like a really dope place if it was real. Right. Um, and they're all acting a little weird. Um, like nothing crazy, but like a little weird. Um, they start talking about how great the coffee is. And the only reason I made any note about the how great the coffee was was because they were saying that the coffee was great because it had chicory in it. And I don't know if anyone who isn't um, you or me or someone who <laughs> like you or me or someone who has also lived and experienced the things that we have can understand how great it is the first time you have a cup of chicory coffee. That's our main coffee source in Louisiana is chicory. Yeah, my mom and I, and, my uh, mom and I bulk order coffee from Cafe Du Monde to have chicory coffee. I also bulk order from I order I bulk order from Community Coffee. Oh my gosh, my sorry, my fan just fell over, and I'm gonna die of a heat stroke, so I had to pick it back up. Um, but yeah, it's I literally bulk order. I've I've given I we have K cups, and I give one K cup to like everyone in my office so they can try it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you can have it sparingly though, because this is like gold. Yeah. Ugh, I love it. So I only took a note of that because I was like, oh, of course it's chicory that's making the coffee better. Well, I was watching it and I was like, oh my God, I need to order my coffee right now. <laughs> it's like, I'm so thirsty and I need coffee. And now um, I've been drinking it for six hours. So it's fine. Um, but also the weirdest thing that happens is that when Jack and Daniel are discussing how delicious the coffee is teal takes the carafe takes the top off and just chugs the entire carafe of black chicory coffee so funny and they they just go isn't that hot 
And he goes, extremely. He's so matter of fact. And like, I couldn't, I could not. But also I was like, whatever's wrong with them, I'd be open to experiencing it. <laughs> like, and they were like, they're like, we're perfectly fine. I, and and yeah. Tia's like, yeah, I feel perfectly fine. And Hammond just goes, says the person who just chugged half a gallon of hot coffee. <laughs> what? Um, so then wild times. they split up and they're just hanging out around the base and Jack is in the mess hall and he starts eating some pumpkin pie and then he just decides that the pumpkin pie is the most delicious thing he's ever tasted in his entire life and just starts like picking up an entire slice of pie like a candy bar. This is what I imagine heaven's like. <laughs> You're just sitting around this table and you have the best coffee on the planet. You're eating pumpkin pie and everything tastes 10 times better than normal. Right. I I mean, that's the ideal, really. Um, mm-hmm. But then Sam and Daniel and Teal all just like spontaneously meet him in the dining hall where he has a full like multi-table layout of just desserts. And they're like eating all of this food and talking about how it's the most delicious thing in the world. The part that is really concerning is that Sam is eating Jello as if she's never tasted anything better. And I'm like, it's just Jello. That one, to be fair, I'm like, yeah, it doesn't, that, that can't taste different. It doesn't right. have that much taste to start. Right. Um, and then Jack's like, you know what the weirdest thing is? I don't even like yogurt. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, oh Jack. Great. Um, so they get called to the med lab during this feast. And it turns out that there was something in their brains that was so small that on the original scan, it just looked like an errant pixel. But then when it was in the same spot on all four of their scans, um, Janet like blew it up and it found out that there is like um, straight up some weird like technological device stuck in their brain. Yeah, not great. Not, not great. great. Um. Janet says that it shouldn't be totally impossible to get it out, but like it's probably not going to be easy because the fact that it was implanted without a single like mark on the outside of their body or on the internal cortex of their brain is very concerning. Yeah. Yeah. But then they just live happily ever after. I mean, look, I'm still, I'm still sold. Nothing has convinced me otherwise. Um, so the device produces an electromagnetic field, which is like why causing all of their cravings and stuff and why they're like having weird sensations and food is tasting better and smelling better and all that. So Hammond says that like, just until they figure out what the device actually is, he's got to put them in quarantine. Just, we don't know what it is. And we've had some weird shit installed in people's bodies in the show. So, um, then they're in quarantine and they just hear a voice that's like, this is so boring. Let's do something. And they're all like, the fuck is happening? Did you say that? Did you say that? And they're like, who's there? And so uh, they, uh, Ergo reveals himself. And he's like, hi, I'm the little man that lives in your brain. And I could not. And so Jack like calls one of the airmen over. And also I just want to note that because I was not home when I was watching this, I did not watch it on my DVD. I watched it on Pluto and it's on Amazon again. 
Is it? Mm-hmm. Remember we talked just... about that? You told me. <laughs> yeah, but then I checked and only like season seven was. Yeah, but then it was like a month, like a month and a half, two months later it came back too. Oh, okay, great. Well, I watched it on Pluto, <laughs> which is fine. I guess now that it's back on Amazon, that is saving me a lot of trouble. But the captions on Pluto, when Jack said airmen and called the soldier over, the captions said Kermit. Maybe that's and his name? It's not. Jack said airmen. I know, but I'll say maybe that's his name. He just didn't say his name. Yeah, that man definitely did not have a name in the credits. Um, also... I've had a lot of issues with captioning this week because um, I was doing speech to text for a book that I'm, my sixth graders are reading that is about Afghanistan. So all the characters have like traditional Afghani names. And so the main character's name is Fadi. And every time I was trying to type something and I did text to speech to like type faster on my computer and I said Fadi. Um, most of the time Google made it say Fatty. Sometimes it said Buddy. But the one time it said daddy, and that was really too much for me. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, just tried. I just assumed that Pluto TV uses on um, Google text-to-speech in order to make its captions. That feels like it would track. I mean, it's a free service, so like, right. you get what you pay for. Which is nothing. Um, Same here, so though. So you can't complain about us either. You get what you pay for. It's <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Um, so he asks the, um, airman if he can see anything. And the guy's like, no, there's nobody in the room, but you guys, you fucking weirdos. Um, and so they realize that this man is in their head and, um, oh my God, it really is back on prime video. I know. I watched it yesterday. Yes. This morning. I watched it this morning there. That is so upsetting. I'm not wasting my time. Okay, sorry. I just fuck this. Anyway, um, <laughs> oh, they figure out that this um, that Ergo is just the visual interface for whatever the technology in their head is, and um, but clearly it's some kind of advanced technology because they're all seeing the same thing, even though it's in their brains and whatever. So like. Um, but Ergo is bored and wants them to leave base and see something that isn't this ugly room. And he's like, let's go explore. I want to see beautiful things. Please tell me your whole planet doesn't look like this. This is awful. <laughs> and I then like he's like the Jar Jar Binks of Stargate. <laughs> I had the thought when he was saying that, though, that that is so true. Like, all of these, like different aliens that come to earth via the stargate and like are left at sgc and don't get to leave base have no concept of the fact that earth is like a fucking beautiful planet yeah like we do have vegetation here and water vegetation but like have you seen the floating mountains in china no they're very far away from me i haven't in person either but like they're beautiful oh. yes i'm familiar with their existence though yes or like, also, can you hear this? They're like sanding something outside my door. I hear like a faint background noise, but not enough to like 
actually cause interference. Okay, good. Because they, they're they doing work outside still, obviously. And then they're yeah. like sanding something that's right outside my door. No, so it just kind of sounds sure. like it's raining. Okay, well, that's fine. It's not. Um, I wish it was. <laughs> um, so they're explaining... Um, what? They're explaining the sensations? That's what I wrote. I don't know what that means. I just wrote they're explaining the sensations and ergo. Oh, they're explaining the sensations and ergo to Janet. That's what it says. So like they're explaining that the scent, the smelling things and the hearing things and like the the strong senses Mm -hmm. are because of ergo and they're explaining ergo and ergo is trying to get them to like do things and like talking about like crazy like sensations and um, tries to convince Teal'c to use the defibrillator on himself. And he's just like all in. He's like, okay. Um, and they're like, they're like, okay, you can hear inside of our minds. You can know what we're thinking, but we don't know what you're thinking. So how about you tell us? And he's like, tell me anything. I'll ask me anything, and I will absolutely tell you. And they're like, how do we get rid of you? And he's like, ooh, accept that. Sorry. But then he like, explains, um, no. He explains to them that the um, race that created this technology is him and him are very evil. And mm-hmm. will kill them for the information in their heads. Yeah. Um, but Janet agrees that she does not have the ability to remove the device. So Sam asks if she can study it and maybe learn how to turn it off at least. Even if they can't get it out. Um, but Hammond is slightly convinced that SG-1 has lost their minds. He like does not does not know what to do with them walking around base talking to themselves i mean Which that's is, very fair yeah um so then sam figures out that because this um device in their brain has an electromagnetic field an em pulse should be able to knock ergo out and not hurt them and ergo like tries to stop them and like begs them and does, puts on a whole like horse and pony show to get them to not so they do, and he disappears. Um, Janet says the devices are still present, but the EM field isn't, so she that must it did actually work. But Hammond, um, she and Hammond agree that they need to give it a week before they go back to work, just in case. Yeah. Which is so valid. Yeah. Um, so she's doing like check up interviews with them and at this point she's put them all in separate rooms uh, room quarantine rooms because you know the last thing we knew need is stargate sg1 like the sg1 team devising a plan together on how to get rid of a situation that they definitely should not be getting rid of yeah because that's what they do um so she's interviewing sam for her clearance and she mentions that um she's going to take cassandra out on a rowboat on the lake if um sam is cleared by the time that they do this on the weekend and so sam immediately starts singing row 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 your boat so but then oh my god my microphone just you want to know why it's row 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 your boat because it's public domain they have to pay for it oh there we go no my microphone gets me down again can't can you hear me now yeah okay my my stupid headphones were being dumb again. Um, so, uh, yeah, because it's public domain, but also, like, 
if somebody was like, hey, we're going to go out on a rowboat and a grown adult's response was like, oh, that's great. Row, row. Like, what? Yeah, that is a strange, like... Strange reaction. Choice. Um, The more strange fact is that despite being all in separate quarantine rooms and not having heard this conversation, Jack Daniel and Teal are all also singing Row, 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 Your Boat. Yeah, because that's not weird at all. Not at all. Doesn't it doesn't remind me of like creepy demon inhabited children at all? It's the horror. It's the horror part of our podcast. This right. one scene. Um. Then, uh, so obviously, Ergo is still there. Um, and um, my favorite was Jack being so convinced that he wasn't singing and that he doesn't know how to sing. And then they play him yeah. the video, and he goes, "I would not call it singing." Which is fair, but you were saying the same words as everyone else. Right. In the round with everyone else. Um, And then Hammond is like, listen, this is a hot mess and we don't know what's going on, but technically you are compromised and so you will be relieved of active duty. Which feels a little sudden, too. Like, forever? That felt like forever. I'm sure you meant, like, momentarily. Yeah. (laughs) But in the moment, like, when he said it, I was like, forever? That's a big change that is a big change but no but they weren't like relieved of their status they were just relieved of active duty which is easily able to be reactivated that's like it's not like you're not it's not like you don't get to be in the military anymore you have been discharged it's like maybe let's not send you into the field ever right and to be fair if there's a weird alien in their brain and they can't get rid of it then forever is probably correct yeah right um, so it's Jack, not like an insane stretch. It just seems sad. <laughs> yeah. Jack gets um, obviously very angry that Ergo is still there. And Sam is like, but he can't help it because he's just the program, not the programmer. And um, it's really just so sad. But Jack is like angry. because It's also funny to hear the way they talk about computers and yeah. like software because it's 2000. <laughs> And it's, like, January of 2000, so, like, this is only, like, a week out, two weeks after we thought the world was going to end. I was going to say, we just survived Y2K. Correct. Like, (laughs) we're still a little nervous about computers. And to be fair, based on television production schedules, this was probably filmed before the end of the world. Right. So how are we to know? I didn't even know if it was going to make it on TV, because TVs might have taken over the world. Yeah. Maybe, Um, Maybe there wasn't a world. So Sam then explains to Ergo the trap that the creators set with the pictures and everything, and they send a melt back through onto the other planet. And um, Hammond requests a dialogue with whoever is on that planet, and Togar responds. And Ergo's very freaked out, and he is like, huh. uh, don't listen to him, he's a liar. And um, they're like, Togar's like, well, this is an error he should not be able to interact with you. Please send them back and I will absolutely remove the software because that's wrong. Um, so is Togar like another type of alien race? Yes. Is it like the Togar race or does it have a race name or is it just just this guy? Just this guy. Like the game master guy, gatekeeper. What was he called? Gamekeeper? Gamekeeper, yeah. Okay. Just, just a guy. I don't know. Just a guy. Um, and Sam... Um, Sam is hesitant um, because uh, Ergo is convinced that 
uh, Togar will kill him. And then Sam and Daniel have this sudden realization of, like, what is and is not sentient. And the fact that, like, technically, by being able to have these conversations separate from what the creator, like, wanted him for, even if he is artificially intelligent, he is intelligent and is therefore a sentient being. Which is always interesting to see in TV shows how they do and do not describe sentience. Yeah, it's very fun, especially like I don't, I know they've been talking about this a couple of years, but I've just been listening to another podcast about it lately. Yeah. They talk about how like plants scream and talk yeah. and stuff. So like, and I mean, we know that they're like technically alive, but are they sentient? Right. Well, and like the whole argument in the last episode about whether Chlorel or Scara has rights to his body because they're both alive and both need this body so like the whole concept of what is and is not sentient is it's so tricky because like on earth we just like and there's like the level of like vegans and vegetarians Mm. and different like levels of who what you are believing to be sentient but everyone kind of just like agrees that plants need to be Yeah. yeah it's like People, and that's one of my biggest, like, criticisms with the vegetarian and vegan movement is because, like, if you are giving the same, like, if you are saying that a fish has no right to be killed because it's alive, but, like, so is broccoli. Yeah. And, but, so then it's, like, my theory on that is just that I'm a human, so I'm obviously better than everyone. Like, no. Which was the argument last episode. (laughs) Right. Right. But... (laughs) But then when you throw in aliens and you have all these different levels of sentience and levels of language capability and level of technology. And like, we've talked about like primitive alien species versus advanced alien species. And like, but they're all alien species. And like, who is to say that anybody is the authority on sentience? I think that we had this whole discussion about sentience in the past two weeks, because assuming we survive Y2K, they didn't want the computers to be sentient and be like, look, we're just letting you know we've made it past Y2K, but they're not sentient. You're still in charge. And I would like to have that same argument come up and talk to people about AI. I will now be using this episode as a reference right, for because, all my AI arguments. Um, right. Um, because AI is terrifying um, mm-hmm. and I don't trust it and it knows more than I do, but it doesn't have feelings Except for that sometimes it does. And that's even more terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't. I'm, um, I'm very wary about AI and I'm watching like a day of panels next week on it. And we've been talking about this since I was in law school, how blockchain and how like these blockchain contracts are coming about. And it's just computers are not people and they can do well, a lot of things, but have you, you've they heard can't take chat, over the world. You've heard of chat GPT, right? After everyone else in the world did, but yes, I have heard of it. <laughs> did, have you seen what is happening with the Snapchat AI? I haven't opened the Snapchat AI yet. Don't. It makes me nervous. Yeah. So people, all this stuff happened um, where people were like, what's the McDonald? Like they were like, do you know where I am? And the Snapchat AI was oh, like, I, I don't have that, that information. Mm-hmm. And they're like, then how do you know which McDonald's is around the corner for me? And they're like, oh, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I did. I did forget about that. I saw that. That's fucked up. I don't yeah. trust computers. And like Dan does not even have Microsoft downloaded on his computer. Like he 
doesn't have anything downloaded. He doesn't have anything that could possibly look at his computer on his computer. And I'm just like, I, and I'm just like, I have my location active all the time. Google knows where I am. I have tracking on everything I do. And he's like, doesn't that scare you? And I go at this point, I'm already fucked. So I might as well be conveniently fucked instead of inconveniently fucked. Right. Like I've taken so many privacy and computer law classes and stuff. And like, there's no going around it. Like it doesn't matter what you do with your phones, with your technology, you're already like there, but also like if a serial killer kidnaps you, now someone can find your location. So like if we're already on the like downfall of everything, at least we have one benefit left, you know, I explained something. Oh, I was talking about, um, homeless people approaching you in your car. Mm. And Dan was talking about like the guilt of like not knowing about if they're actually homeless or if they're just scamming you for money and like being a good Christian and wanting to give money and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, see, that's going to be valid. And those are all feelings I have. But then you have to add the layer of the fact that I am a young girl who has been taught my whole life to be so incredibly aware of every stranger who tries to talk to me. And like, if I open my window to give them money, are they going to break into my car, kidnap it and like kill me? And he was like, right. and he just was like, is that something you think about? And I was like, every single day. Oh my of gosh, my life. every day. I was like, every single day of my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, do I have my location shared with him all of the time? Yes. If anybody gets into my Google account to know, like, if I ever go missing, someone will be able to find me. Yeah, I mean, like, every time I get in an Uber, I send my location to. Uh, Rachel, I'm in an Uber for five minutes sometimes, and I'm just like, yeah. location. I'll be in a different state. Like when I was in Tulsa, I was like sending her my location. I was like, yeah, somebody knows, somebody knows what's happening. Yeah, no, my my Google location is literally always shared, and my Snapchat Mine location too. is always active, so that somebody knows Mine where too. I am. Yeah, yeah, but but then of course computers are going to take over the world and become more powerful beings than us, and we created them, yeah. and that's horrible. And then it's too late. It's fine. It's okay. Um, but so they go back to the planet um, and have this conversation with Togar that um, Togar can't just like remove um, Ergo from their brain and kill them because he is in fact sentient. And so they come to the conclusion that um, Ergo will now live in Togar's brain so that he can still be alive. And Togar is like mutually assured, like mutually beneficial. I can figure out what the fuck happened and why he is an error. And Ergo's like, I can make this little man not so afraid of exploring and learning things himself. And everything feels like it's going to be a beautiful, happy ending. Um, and except for then, Sam is like, okay, now that we've helped you, like, let's make an alliance and we can share technology. And Togar's like, <laughs> bye, and kicks them out. And they go back to the gate room. Um, and it turns out they've been gone for another 10 hours. And they don't remember any of it. How do we keep losing our memory? Like, we, I want an explanation. Um, good luck. You'll never get one. Um, and Tor. Tor is the writer, right? Yes. Yeah. I want you to call Peter and Tor mm-hmm. and get me an answer. Great. Stat. I will probably not have the ability to do that. Um, um, it's fine. 
I do have some trivia about this episode. Ooh, very exciting. Um, and some of it is some of my favorite trivia ever. Um, if my phone will unlock, that'd be so lovely. Um, this one is so random, but at one point during the episode, Ergo looks at Jack and says, who is Mary Steenbergen? Mm-hmm. Mary Steenbergen is an actress who, if you don't know the name, um, she is the mom from Step Brothers, so you definitely know her face. Um, and weird, a lot of things, though. Yes, but, like, that's that's the thing I immediately think of. Not it. Um, but apparently, at one point, uh, Richard Dean Anderson changed his voicemail box when you called him to just say, this is Mary Steenbergen, please leave a message. Um, he had never met her at the point that he did that. And there will be more random Mary Steenbergen references in Stargate. It's a very weird thing. I have no that's idea what's so fun. <laughs> I have no idea why. <laughs> or well, that's like, did you watch, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, baby J. What am I trying to say? The comedian that I love that I've talked about for 17 years. The guy. Oh, the, new, the new John Mulaney special? Thank you. Yes. No, Did you watch I it? I haven't watched the new John Mulaney special yet. He, this doesn't give it away. But there's a bit where he was talking about Pete Davidson changes his number all the time. And so he started just putting random celebrities as the name. And like while he was in rehab, he had it set to Al Pacino. And so Al Pacino looked like he was calling him while that's he was amazing. in rehab. And that's what that makes me think of. That's so funny. That's amazing. Um. <sighs> Dom DeLuise is obviously the father of the director of the episode and fellow guest cast member. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but Dom's other sons, Michael and David, also appear in other episodes of Stargate. It is a family affair. Love that. Um, in the scene where Ergo is trying to make himself more handsome for them so that they maybe want to keep him in their brain, um, when he says, look, I can be beautiful too, um, that is Peter, his son. Oh, that's Stan. so fun! Ugh. Yeah. I was wondering um, who that was. Yeah. Also, um, Dom ad-libbed 90% of the lines of this episode. He just said shit. That, you know, that makes sense. That feels, which, that feels right. Which also leads to my favorite um, thing about this altogether. Because you will notice. You might not have noticed because I only noticed it because I knew it ahead of time. But in all of the scenes where all of SG-1 is there... Almost all of the group shots do not include Tilk. Tilk is only on screen when he is talking or when he is necessary. I did not notice. But now that you go back and think about it, do you, yeah. do you see? Yeah, yeah. This is because Christopher Jackson could not keep his shit together and he laughed so hard at everything Dom DeLuise did that they had to write Teal'c out of some scenes because he literally could not handle himself. So funny. Oh, God, I love that. I love he that. Ha he was supposed to have way more lines and half of his lines were given to the other cast members because he just couldn't be on set because he could not play Teal'c because he was laughing so fucking hard at everything that happened. Ugh, I love that. That would also be me, but I yeah. love that. Yeah, so that's my favorite, uh, my, my favorite, uh, <laughs> like, um, 
because Christopher, and it wasn't like a, they were like, you have to leave. He went to the writers and he was like, guys, I cannot fucking do this. And they made a, <laughs> they made a mutual decision to limit Teal'c in this episode for the integrity of the episode. And there are two moments. There are two moments in the episode where I caught um, either Teal'c or a background actor cracking. Um, there is one scene, the defibrillator scene. Mm-hmm. No one is supposed to be able to see Ergo and Janet. Right. Thank Terrell Rothery, babe gem that she is, is not breaking at all. She is not reacting at all. The airman who's standing guard in the infirmary is. He cannot keep a straight face. He is trying so <laughs> fucking hard to not laugh. But Dom DeLuise is just saying fucking random shit. Yeah. And so he's like, Nonsense. he's like, he's like trying to make it look like he's itching his face. It was, it was amazing. That's so funny. Ugh, love that. Um, so best episode of the not connected episodes. I do think it's plot wise. It's not a great episode to be fair. Right. It's, it is what it is. It's just a random one-off weird sci-fi thing. Um, and like, I hate to say it's the best written episode cause it's not cause it's just Don Delos' ad libbing that is amazing. Right. Um, but if I'm going to have to watch an episode that doesn't actually have anything to do with where we're going with the show, Please this always give one. me, please always give me something to like unnecessarily laugh at for no reason. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, I agree. So uh, with that said, who do you want to punch in the face? For Alexander for not telling me why they lost a memory. <laughs> no one else really bothered me this episode. That's the only thing that I'm like, why? Why is That's this true. happening? Um, I am going to go with Togar because mm. no one actually bothered me, but like he was being a little bit of a bitch <laughs> about. What? He's like, he's. They're like, why don't you just like go see things for yourself? And he's like, ew, why would I do that when I could just like put technology in other people's brains and have them do it for me? Right, right. Questionable. Um, who, who is your MVP? Dom DeLuise. Not the character, just Dom DeLuise <laughs> as a person. <laughs> I mean, character's great, too, but... Um, 100%. Yeah, I also gave mine to a person and not a character, and I gave mine to Terrell Rothery for just being able to do all of these scenes with Ergo sitting directly next to her and not even a little bit reacting, because I cannot imagine keeping it together as well as she did. I absolutely would not. I'm the worst keeping it together and stuff like that no she the her her ability to just pretend that the funniest shit ever is not happening directly next to her too much too much i can't Hmm. so that is our one weird little standalone uh episode there um there do you have any thoughts or um, have feelings? No this is what episode sixteen. So we have like six more left. I don't know what's about to happen. Um, I feel like we settled with Scar, so I don't think we're coming right back to him by any means. Um, maybe we'll get another Apophis episode. Where we'll see what what he's about. Probably not though. Probably something random. Um, maybe they're trying to set it up for the next season. Maybe. I don't know. I have so many like non-committal thoughts, I guess. 
Yeah, that's fair. Um, I will tell you right now that the next episode does not take us back to the main plot. Yeah. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> so I um I don't remember it well enough to give you a real good teaser and um you and I are not recording again for a while. Seven years. Um, so I don't have more than that, but I do know it is um not going to take us back to the main plot of the episode. So um But they always kind of do that. It's the weird like so there's like the beginning of the season, then there's like a weird slump, and then there's the middle of yeah. the season where everything gets ramped up, and then there's a weird slump, and then they ramp up to the finale. We're in that weird slump, so I think it's gonna be yeah, like another episode or two that are kind of off yeah. that, and then we'll get into the big stuff. Um, so I'm not unsurprised by the fact that this episode and the next one are both kind of throwaways. But yeah, I don't and think go ahead I don't- and uh, let our friends know we have six more weeks before we do our wrap up. So. Yeah. Maybe we'll have a guest star for this one. Maybe. I'll have to look at the calendar and figure out when that is um, and let him know. He uh, got mad at me for doing it on a Saturday again. He was like, you could just stay here and I'll record it with you. And I was like, you have a track me in the morning. So no, I can't. <laughs> look, we'll get there. Well, it's fine. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, with that, if you would like to tell us how much you love Don DeLuise or um, give us ideas for what the random non-sequitur episodes could potentially be about, because um, I would love to hear some weird shit that you think the Stargate team should get up to, um, please send us an email at deathinaliens at gmail.com. You can also find me everywhere at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. You can also find us everywhere on social media. That's the other thing. I knew... I knew I was missing something. I was like, this feels like a shorter intro. What am I doing? But I got distracted by my wine. And um, I noticed. So yeah. yeah. Death and aliens. So you can That's- find us everywhere. Um, but you can also find me at CE Cloud 13. Um, and with that, we will see you on Thursday for a very a interesting episode. A rough episode. Sorry, um, guys. Just, yeah, just uh, tread carefully ahead. Just <laughs> if you've already seen American Horror Story, you probably know what we're talking about. Um, but uh, if you, if have you haven't, not, maybe read the description before you watch it. Yeah, if you haven't and you are watching along with us, you might want to check for sensitivities before you go into it because it is not going to be easy. Um, but yeah, so we will see you on Thursday. See ya. Bye.